0: Uh, I'm going to say, no one's better than me. Hope y'all like some chaos, because we're going to get into it today. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. It's Friday, April 3rd. Three weeks from now, we know who the Dolphins franchise quarterback of the future is going to be. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host, diehard Dolphins fan, NFL Draft Analyst for the DraftNetwork.com, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire. And I'm excited to dig into today, mainly for one reason. I don't know if you guys know who Ben Volen of the Boston Globe is, but he wrote a speculatory piece proposing that the Patriots move up to three with Detroit to draft Tua and pluck him from the Dolphins' clutches. And that's how we're going to start today's show because I think this needs to be axed. Uh, very quickly <laughs> for the expectations, because Dolph- Dolphins fans, to their credit, they know who they want. It's a different story on that's who the team is going to want when it's all said and done, but that's not really the point here. The point is, Dolphins fans have become kind of territorial about Tua Tungabaloa. And for the idea of the Patriots to jump up and pluck Tua from Miami's clutches is not a pill that will go down easy. So let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Volan wrote a trade proposal of 2387 and Joe Thune to go to number three and draft Tua. There is a better chance of Dan Marino coming out of retirement and winning a Super Bowl next year for the Miami Dolphins at quarterback as the starter than there is of this package of picks, getting New England to number three. 23, which is 20 spots lower, for to jump 20 spots into the top five for a quarterback for a th- late third-round pick and an offensive guard playing on the franchise tag. This will never happen. So if you see the headline, relax. There's no reason to freak out. There's no reason to chill. You know what it would actually take the Patriots to go from 23 up to 3? The closest case study in recent memory of a team jumping this distance to go get a quarterback was when the LA Rams moved up from 16 to 1. To draft Jared Goff and it cost him two ones, two twos, and two threes. I hate to break it to whoever thinks this, whatever this proposal is, is it might actually happen. Joe Thuney is not valued as a top five overall pick in the NFL draft. And that's what he would have to be valued at for this package to go through. It ain't gonna happen. Okay. New England as a team that has no cap space has no second-round pick this year, would have to give up probably this year's one, next year's one, and the year after that's one, a three and Joe Thune to get up to number three. It ain't happening. So let's go ahead and stick a fork in that now. We got that out of the way, right? But we're able to rest easy knowing if the Dolphins end up coveting Tua, the Patriots are not going to be the team that is the threat. It would be so completely against every ounce of team building that we've seen from the New England Patriots over the course of the past 20 years under Bill Belichick. It is a nonsensical idea to think this team is going to surrender three years worth of ones for a quarterback. Granted, the team got all time lucky and got the all time, arguably, the all time great for a 6th round pick. But here's hoping that comes with like a nice little heaping serving of bad medicine. A long wait for New England's next franchise quarterback. We know what that's like. It's time for them to feel it. It's time for them to feel like this is what it feels like to be what everybody else has been the last 20 years. I don't know about you, but I get like the warm and fuzzies thinking about like 20-year-old New England Patriots fans that have known nothing their entire lives other than just being, like, smug. September rolls around, and they're like, oh, man, it's going to be awesome to see the Patriots hosting another playoff game in the divisional round after a first-round bye. Rocks are socks. No. I have a feeling it's going to be a little different this time around. Rude awakening. I guess it's forgivable that... uh, Piecing together draft day scenarios isn't a strong suit. Since they've never really had to worry about the draft, it's always been just plug and play.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: But I do want to shift gears and not talk about that team up north any longer. I'd like to talk about the Miami Dolphins. And specifically about, been asked a lot lately. This past week, it's been red hot. Should the Dolphins, like, take somebody else at five and then draft a quarterback? It's been a popular question. I, th- I think, first of all, it also gives me the warm and fuzzies to know that you guys are at least receptive in opening your minds to the idea of, like, don't marry yourselves to Tua in case this team opts to go a different direction. But that, in turn, you've always kind of operated in the assumption it's Dolphins' first pick, it's going to be Tua whether it's trade or they stay at five or whatever. If it goes down differently, then of course the question becomes, okay, do they still take quarterback at five? Or do we get into some alternative scenarios in which we go best player available at five and then we take advantage of our extra draft picks to jump up and draft a quarterback? I want to explore this idea, but I also want to state my intentions first. If you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round, you should probably just take him at five. Because the positional value of being a quarterback is different than every other position in the game. And when you trade up in the draft, and you're trading up for a quarterback... Teams will hold you over the fire in trade negotiations, and you inevitably will pay some premium more than what you would pay if you were trading for almost anything else. Oh, you want to go up and get that quarterback? Yeah, it's going to be a 20% upcharge on what we need. So you got to equal our compensation, and then you got to make it worth our while, and then we need 20% on top of that. It gets really really complex because you have to overpay. So if you're in a position to draft the quarterback, I would personally be of the school of thought. Maybe not with Jordan Love, but if you're going to trade up into the top 10 for Justin Herbert, just take him at five and then trade up for the next player. You can still walk away with the same two players that you would hypothetically be pulling but theoretically, because you're not trading for the quarterback, you may not have to give up quite as much to get the deal done, if that makes sense. But let's, let's explore this from an angle of Justin Herbert and Jordan Love alike. Dolphins get to five. Let's say the first four names off the board are Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Jeff Akuta, Isaiah Simmons, because I think that's what it's actually going to look like. And let's say, hypothetically, that the Dolphins are not comfortable with the medical situation of Tua. And they are going to go a different way. They they have invested themselves in saying, okay, we do not want to be the team that comes up empty. And I would understand it for the simple reason of this team's entire objective this year was to position yourselves to draft a quarterback. And rebuild, but not spend three years being the Cleveland Browns to do it. That's exactly how we saw this play out. Miami goes five and eleven. They pick five. They load up on draft assets. They load up on draft cap or on salary cap. They've now started to convert into spend with roster bonuses. Important note to make because it buys them flexibility in the long term. They're infusing talent under this roster now. You are never going to be in a position to draft a quarterback high, again, if things go according to plan, and then your best case scenario is to do what the LA Rams did and give up two ones, two twos, and two threes, to jump up and draft a quarterback if you were to punt altogether, or if the quarterback that you draft now busts. That's going to be the cost in the future. And while we are are very spoiled by Miami having five ones and four twos over the next two years, it's not always going to be like that. At some point, you have to spend. So it's kind of a sobering reality to stop and think, yes, punting on quarterback should be at least be discussed. And then, you know, Chris Greer kind of teased it and said, you know, we looked at the 2020 class and we looked ahead to the 2021 guys, and I get it. But if this build goes according to plan, you are not going to be in striking distance to draft a quarterback high next year. And if you are, then it really comes at the cost. So if they hypothetically said, we're going to take a quarterback, but we wanted to go BPA, have five, and then take advantage of Carolina Panthers as the example that I'm going to use. Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Jeff Akuda, Isaiah Simmons, off the board. You can get your pick of the four offensive tackles. Based on what our rankings were when we did building a big board of offensive tackles for the Miami Dolphins, Makai Becton is a logical selection for the Miami Dolphins at five. Makai Becton from Louisville. Comparison here is Trent Brown, who had a success the best year of his career was in New England with the New England Patriots. Man, that would be an exciting addition. Becton is an absolute mauler. He's very athletic. Let's say then you punt. The quarterback decision, you draft Beckton at five. The L.A. Chargers desperately need a quarterback. They've been another team that's tied to Tua. Perhaps they take Tua. Carolina comes on the board. And I can hear everybody now. Oh, my God. Carolina needs long-term quarterback. They'll draft Justin Herbert. We're boned. Not necessarily. <laughs> because Carolina said, signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year, $63 million contract. He, simply speaking, is going to get the chance to be the starter. And I don't think this Carolina team is ready to take on a quarterback yet. So, with that in mind, this is a team in Carolina that is in the shoes that the Dolphins were last year. The Dolphins, remember, they passed on Dwayne Haskins. They instead elected to go Christian Wilkins. Carolina in the same shoes. If you told the Carolina Panthers, we can give you a one, a one, a two. I'm trading like 18. Houston's one next year. And uh, the 56. And I'm trying to get up from 18 to seven to draft Justin Herbert. Which, by the way, breaking news, I've been telling you guys, this comes from Matt Miller, Bleacher Report. His weekly uh, column just dropped, like, as I'm recording. Dolphins fans, this direct quote, Dolphins fans might want to start thinking about life without Tua Tungvaluwa in their lives. After months of tank for Tua talk, I'm told by multiple league sources that the Dolphins aren't convinced Tua is the best option and could instead target Oregon's Justin Herbert. The situation is fluid, but the buzz around the league is that Herbert has the most fans in the Dolphins draft room. Please spare me your smokescreen tweets. I don't care. I have been warning you guys that this is a legitimate possibility, and it's starting to pick up steam between Adam Schefter and Matt Miller. I've been warning you guys. Be ready for any outcome. Because the second in the NFL draft that you think you got it figured out, mm mm-mm, league's going to throw you a curveball and it's going to be a rude awakening.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: But if I were to draft Mekhi Becton at five, and I wanted to jump up and punt the quarterback decision, let the Chargers make their choice, and then go up and get a quarterback. That would be my blueprint plan of attack. The good news is, if we did this with Jordan Love, it's cheaper because you don't have to give up as much because you don't have to go up into the top 10, I don't think, to get him. But the problem is, you can draft Justin Herbert at five, two is going to go, and Makai Beckton's still on the board when the Panthers come up. You're not as desperate, or there's a big four. If you can get the Arizona Cardinals to come out of 8. If you can get the Cleveland Browns to trade back out of 10. I know they need an offensive tackle, but they also need picks. Now remember, they, they reinserted Paul De Podesta here as a big part of this organization, and he was around when Sasha Brown was around. They covet volume, just like the Dolphins do. Maybe get up to 10 in front of the Jets. San Francisco 49ers at 13 desperately need picks. They don't pick between 31 and 156 go 125 spots without a pick. You don't think they would like some of Miami's stuff? Get in front of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 14, get offensive tackle. So that's, that's if you're going to trade up and invest to like, get Justin Herbert, just take Justin at five and invest in the tackle. Because if you're willing to take him at seven, you might as well just take him at five and save yourself the picks and what it would cost you to jump up and get him. Where would we need to go... If Jordan Love was the guy, it's a great question. I think that Jordan Love is beginning to be a threat. Raiders at 19, possibly. Dolphins at 18, I think is a possibility. I think you really start to see teams that are threatening with like New England and New Orleans, and there, there's teams in the 20s that I see Jordan Love making a lot of sense for because Jordan Love is a player that ideally gets a redshirt year, gets to sit behind a seasoned veteran quarterback and and learn for a year. He'd get that chance in Miami with Ryan Fitzpatrick too, of course. Jordan Love is fascinating upside. He needs to be given the right situation to make sure he's not rushed and given a chance to to process his offense and get more consistent with a lot of the basics. He's got the talent. We saw the Kansas City Chiefs have a bet like this pay off because Patrick Mahomes, listen, if Patrick Mahomes goes to the Cleveland Browns in 2017, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's probably a good starting quarterback at this point. But there's, there's so few players that are able to transcend like so much bad stuff. And when you first come into the league, it's pivotal that you're catered to and that you're taken care of and that you're coached right. Mahomes had it in Kansas City. Tom Brady had it in New England. Jordan Love is probably not going to be that caliber of a starting quarterback. But can he be a winner? Yes, I think so. But that would have to come with certain conditions, and those conditions being, I think the teams that you're going to see look to Jordan Love are the teams that have the chance to have established starting quarterback, put them on the back burner, let them re- learn for a year plus. I think the Dolphins realistically could land Jordan Love at 18. So that becomes an interesting proposition of, would you rather have Makai Beckton and Jordan Love and keep all your picks, Would you rather have Makai Becton, Justin Herbert, give up a one next year? Or would you rather have Justin Herbert, Andrew Thomas, and give up two twos? Because as you start to do the math, that's kind of how it starts to play out. If we are operating under the assumption that Tua Valoa is not the pick. Which is what this exercise is about, is to say, okay, let's assume we go a different direction at five versus what we're anticipating. And that's what we're all about on this podcast because there's an endless blend and combination of picks that the Dolphins can make. It's the luxury and the glory of this team having 14 draft selections. Quote Chris Greer, we can do whatever we want. The problem is trying to figure out what in the hell that's going to be before it actually happens. Short show today, but I hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed talking through it. It's Friday. Lots to celebrate. The NFL draft less than three weeks away now. Mark your calendars. Hit subscribe on Locked On Dolphins. Come back, see me again on Monday. Power to the pot on Tuesday next week. lot to look forward to. Make sure you come back and see us again. I am Kyle Krabs. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoy your weekends.
1: Hey, Prime members.